three new windows you can add to your love. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast, where each week we learn something new to help fix up your marriage relationship while drawing you closer to God and to each other. Windows are an important part of any house as they add security, add natural light, and create new spaces. Join us via live recording as we learn about three new windows you can add to your love. Be sure to visit fixeruppermarriage.org where you can join our email list and receive updates about any new content. So here it is, adding windows to your fixer-upper, three new windows you can add to your love. The Bible says this in Song of Solomon 8 and verse 6. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. The coals are of, are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be condemned. So as we've talked last week about the windows, we, were, we talked last week about repairing the windows of your love. Today we're going to be adding windows to your love. Three windows to add to your love are adding windows to your fixer-upper. Three windows to add to your love. There are several types of windows as I research for this lesson. There are security windows. If you put security windows up, they have better locks and better locking mechanisms. In an older house, you just had the one little thing that you weird thing that you turn in my parents house is that way weird little thing that you turn and it locks the window and of course everybody knows the trick where you put a credit card in and you turn it or a small screwdriver and it just pops right open well now they have more secure locks you can put on your window and maybe have two locks there and make sure that your windows are locked you can even add an alarm to your windows you can have if somebody tries to open a window and beeps or an alarm goes off and that way you know you're safe that nobody's getting in then you can either you can cover the window with shatterproof film if somebody came with a ball bat and tried to bust your window it would mess up the window but they wouldn't be able to shatter it it would still be there and they couldn't get in your house and then you know you're in a bad neighborhood when you have to do this but if you really want a security you could put bars on your window you know it's not a, a great neighborhood when you have to put bars on your window but if you're in that kind of situation and you feel like your house is going to be broke into you can always put bars and really have secure windows when I lived at home we live my mom and dad live in a very nice, quiet neighborhood. They've lived there forever, 40 plus years. When I was little, we didn't have air conditioning, and so it was, it was fine. We just opened up the windows during the day, but down the road about a mile from our house is a not-so-nice neighborhood. And there are remember times when we would get broke into because we left our windows open. And one time my dad was actually in the house, and we went to the store with my mother, and someone broke in. And he never realized that he was working on something, someone broke in the house and stole something. But it was because we didn't have our windows secure. And that's the way it is. Secure, they make windows for that, security windows. And then there's skylights. And a skylight is a, light, a window that's in the ceiling and it just brings natural light to a house. It improves the mood and the look of the home when you have that natural light. 
If you've ever seen a house with those big uh, skylights, it just provides so much light, so much natural light, and it's not depressing at all. It just adds so much to the space. And there's bay windows. I like bay windows. They add extra living space. They kind of protrude out from the house, and they provide a nice little place to sit and relax. And you can even grow plants in a bay window. There's so much light there, you could put plants there, and they would grow Adding windows, not only to your house, to your fixer-upper, but adding windows to your marriage. You have to see the need to have these new windows put in your marriage. You have to see the need to do that. You must put in the time and effort to make things better in your marriage. Let's look at these three windows that you can add to your marriage today. Three windows to add to your love. Number one, security windows. Security windows. These are windows that you can add to your love. Take the extra effort to secure your love. Your love is worth whatever you have to do to protect it. Consider the investment of love that you've already put into the marriage, the the years that you spent together, the moments that you shared. I remember one of the most incredible moments of my life was when the day I got married to my wife. And then we went, we left to go on our honeymoon. We had such a good time. We were both virgins. We'd never been with anybody else. And it was such a great time that we spent together getting to know each other and just enjoying that time of being together and learning so many things about each other. And then I remember the heartbreaks that we we went through and we had to bury one of our children were, were stillborn and we had to bury our baby. And I remember as we held hands in the hospital and held our baby in our arms and just wept and cried together, not understanding what God was doing or not understanding what was happening. But those heartbreaks and times that we spend together and then the children that we brought in this world. I remember the moment that each of my kids were born and what an incredible memory that is that my wife and I share together. We were together during those times, but don't throw your love away. Understand that there's a thief that wants to take what you have. If the devil can destroy your love, you have to understand that he can minimize the gospel message. He wants to steal your love, your faith in God, And the message that your love gives to a lost and dying world, the message that you create, what you can do as a couple that's in love and serving the Lord, that gospel message that not only is portrayed, but the gospel work that you can do. If your marriage is is not what it should be, the devil can minimize what you can do for God. He can destroy any ministry or any impact that you could have on anybody, on anyone else. Understand that the thief wants to take what you have. There is someone who wants to steal what you have. Just like that thief stands outside your house and maybe they drive by and they case out your house and they see that maybe you have a big screen TV or maybe you have a nice sound system or they look inside and you've got something that they want to have or maybe they've watched you and they see that you have nice jewelry and they're just thinking if they could get in, they could take what you have. The devil is the same way. He just cases us. He cases your marriage and he wants to take. He wants to steal what you have. Understand that the thief wants to take what you have. Evaluate your love for weak spots. Evaluate your love for any weak spots it may have. You may need to add extra security in certain areas. You know what? You may live in a super nice neighborhood. You may live in a place that's just absolutely great. 
You may live in a neighborhood and you don't need a lot of security, but maybe you live in a place where you have to have the bars on the windows. Maybe you live in a place where you have to take extra security measures. You know what? There may be some things in your marriage where you have to add extra security in those areas. Here's an example. Men are prone to be drawn away with their eyes. It's just the way God wired us men that we can be drawn away by visual things. For example, consider the incredible story of Samson. I mean, he's this guy that was empowered by God. I mean, no one's ever been as strong as Samson. I mean, the Philistines were absolutely scared to death. I mean, armies were scared of this guy. He was incredibly strong, and God gave him this incredible strength. And even though there were probably some gorgeous women in Israel, he was just so drawn to these Philistine women. His eyes were drawn to them, and he saw them, and they didn't dress like the Israelites did. They dressed immodest, and they dressed wrong, and they did things that were worldly and wrong, and this drew Samson away. And even though he had opportunities to serve the Lord, even though he could have done even more things for God, this man with incredible power was brought down by a, a tiny woman probably who, who just used herself to manipulate him. His, it, just by the way she looked and the things she did for him, it completely destroyed who he was. And as men, we can be drawn away. You may have to add extra security to protect your eyes. But you may have to put some bars on some windows. You, have, you may have to put in some shatterproof glass. You may have to do some things that other people don't have to do. You may have to do extra steps to protect your marriage and protect your home. You may need to fill your mind with things that are clean. How hard, it's very hard today to keep your mind pure with everything that's going on, with all the things in this world that the devil, the devices that he uses. Listen to this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, the Bible says, think on these things. You may have to do things to protect your thought life, to keep the devil from breaking into your marriage and into your love. You may have to refocus your attention on things that are clean and things that are pure. You may have to fill your mind with things that are right to keep the devil from getting in. You can shut that window that would allow Satan to sneak into your life and in your marriage and cause harm. Live in a glass house with your spouse. Fill your mind with things that are clean. You live like you're living in a glass house with your spouse. You don't have any secrets on your phone from each other. How, is the, how many people has the devil used these cell phones that we have are so great. They're so awesome, right? I remember when I had a cell phone and it was a flip phone. And I was so, I thought I had it going on that I had a flip phone that would flip up. And, and then I had a snake game on there. And it's, it, you know, you eat the little dots and your snake gets bigger. And I thought, this is absolutely awesome. And I would sit in the restaurant and play with my flip phone and I would play snake. And I thought, man, this is the latest and greatest technology. But look at this today. It's like we have computers in our pockets. I mean, I pull my phone out. I can do just about anything. I pay my bills on my phone. I read the news on the phone. Yesterday, I had to work yesterday, and it was game day. It's football season, and I had to work. Isn't it terrible? I mean, that's just awful to make somebody work on game day. I mean, that's just terrible. 
So I was actually able to pull up and listen to the game when it came on at 12 o'clock kickoff. And I was able to listen to the game on my cell phone. Isn't that amazing? We can do that. I mean, you can, do, you can watch television now on your cell phone. You can even watch a football game. I can watch a football game on my cell phone. Isn't that amazing? We can actually do that on our cell phone. But you know, these amazing things we can do on our phone that we all love and it's all great. The devil has found a way to slip in that window, hasn't he? And there are so many people that get caught up in things, caught up in pornography and looking at things they shouldn't look at. And it's such a temptation that you can have this secret life on your phone. But don't hide things from your spouse. Don't let your spouse see your phone. Don't delete things from your phone. Don't let the devil use that as an avenue to get into your marriage. Evaluate your love for any weak spots that you may have. And you may have to protect your love from certain things. You may have to guard yourself. You may have to take double locks on those windows to keep the devil from getting in, right? You may need to do something extra that maybe you feel like somebody else may not have to do. Well, they may not have to worry about it because they live in this nice golf community, right? But you don't live in a nice golf community. You have to put, do extra measures to protect yourself and protect your marriage and protect your love. You need to protect your love from other people. You know, in times of weakness in your love and in your marriage, the devil just slips in and he tries to open up windows, don't he? He goes around and he tries to open up some window somewhere. He can find some way to slip in. But if you put some secure windows in there, that will keep him from slipping in. And in times of weakness, that's when he wants to sneak in those windows. When the passion in your love life is fading out, you can unlock, you can leave your windows unlocked. And you can, the devil can get in to your home. You know, when you stop kissing each other, we talked about the, last week the 15-second challenge and how funny that was to try to kiss for 15 seconds. And my wife and I, we tried to do that all week last week to take the 15-second challenge. But you know what? When you're not kissing each other like you should, you leave that window open for someone else when you're not intimate like you should be. When you stop looking into each other's eyes, you leave that window cracked open and the devil can slip somebody else in that window. When your passion is not what it should be, it leaves opportunities for the devil to tempt you. You know what, if you are tempted to have an affair with someone, stay away from that person. That sounds simple, doesn't it? But that's, it seems to always trap people. It's like an addiction that people have. We get addicted to each other or addicted to something outside of marriage, sex outside of marriage, become addicted to those relationships and other things that are not pure and right and holy. We get addicted to those things out of marriage. You know, when I was little, the smoking just became this big, bad thing. I mean, people, smoking has always been wrong, but it just became this big issue. I guess maybe the government at the time was trying to help people with their health. You know, people were smoking. Everybody you knew when I was little, so many people were smoking everywhere. And then it became a big deal. Everybody wanted to stop smoking. That was the thing. I wanted to stop this habit of smoking that I have. And I remember my daddy telling people, well, if you don't want, if you want to stop smoking, stop buying the cigarettes. <laughs> For crying out loud, don't have the cigarettes in your house if you want to quit smoking. But we're like that with other things. If you don't want to be tempted to sin, get the temptation out of your house. You know what, if you are tempted to have an affair with someone, don't follow them on social media. It sounds real obvious, doesn't it? But people do that. They, I, don't want, I don't want to mess up my marriage, but 
I want to I want to stop having this affair. I don't want to be tempted to have this affair. But then they follow each other on social media. Don't call that person. Take that. Remove that name from the contacts of your phone. Right. So that way you won't be tempted to text that person or call that person or contact that person. Don't have contact with that person in any way, because you know what? The devil, he can slip in there. Just close that window. All right. Just take that window. Put some secure windows in there and lock it down to protect your marriage and protect your home and protect your love. Build your love with security in mind. You want let your spouse become your love addiction. You know what you should do to protect your marriage? Just grab your spouse and just kiss them. I mean, just grab them and kiss them right in the face. You you need to protect your love. Build your marriage with security in mind. Lock those windows down so tight that nothing can get in. I mean, close them and lock them. In Song of Solomon chapter 8 that we read this morning, verse 6, Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is as strong as death. God created you to love your spouse, so make it so passionate that there's no room for anything or anyone else in it. The devil, he will slip in if you don't have secure windows. But you can add security windows. They make windows now that are secure. And you can secure the windows in your marriage. You can have skylights in your marriage. Number two, you have skylights. I mean, you can put security windows in, but you can also put up. Skylights are great, aren't they? They just do such amazing things to any room that you have them in, any house. It just lights it up. Let the light from heaven into your love. Is there, ask yourself this question, is there anything in my life that I have not fully surrendered to the Lord? Is there anything in your life that you have not fully surrendered to Him, that you are not willing to let go of for Him? Let God have every area of your life. We all have areas that are tempted to, to, to be dark, areas that we're all prone to sin in. We all have besetting sins. You know, sometimes when I get to feeling really spiritual, you know how we do sometimes Well, I've read my Bible, I've read three chapters of, I've read three chapters today and we feel really spiritual, right? Then we're brought down when we realize that we have these besetting sins. We have things that trip us all up and we have to be careful about that. But God, if you put the skylights in your life, you let that heavenly light shine in your heart, you're submitted to him and you don't have areas that you're trying to hide things from him. How, How ironic is it? that we think we can hide something from God. He sees and knows everything. But yet we, in our minds, somehow we have it. We have this secret place and we kind of block God out from that certain area, that certain part of our life. But you know what? We need to have every area of our heart open and, and be honest with him. Stop trying to hide things from him. How about this? Pray about everything in your marriage. Tell God all about your temptations. If you're Why would you not pray about something that's tempting you? Pray about your temptations. If you're tempted to look at things you should not look at, tell him about it. If you are tempted to have an affair, tell him about it. You know what? You're not just cheating on your spouse. You're cheating on the Lord because God made you and God made the rules of marriage and God set things up to be a certain way. Talk to him about the problems that you have in your marriage. He knows how to make things better. He understands you more than anyone else because guess what? He made you. He created you. So why not? Why not let him know about it? Why not try to talk to him about it? 
Why try to keep secrets from him when he understands you more than anyone? Understand that he made you for more. Understand that God made you for more. There's more that God made you for than to just exist on this earth. God didn't just create you to take up space on this planet. He made you with a distinct purpose in this world. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God created us with a purpose. Everything is designed in your life to bring you to that purpose. God has made us certain ways. He created us and he made us for more than just to live on this earth. He does not intend for you to fight with your spouse, but he wants for you to make a difference in a world full of 7.7 billion people. God has a purpose and a plan and a design for your life. And everything he allows in your life is to bring you to that point where you are living the life that he wants you to live. You know, marriage is not an end, it's a means to an end. You forget about the fairy tale ending. You know, the fairy tale ending when they finally get married and you see the castle and they're walking off and they're holding hands and live, they're living happily ever after and they're walking this castle and you just know they finally got married and everything's going to be great. You know what? Marriage is not the end. Marriage is a means to an end. Marriage is a way to make us holy. God is using you to change your image into more like Christ every day and he uses your marriage to do that. God is using your marriage to make you holy. God is intending for you, intending for you to be a disciple of him. But not only that, God is intending for you to make disciples for him. There's a purpose that we're all here on earth. I remember the day that my kids were born. It was such an incredible moment. I remember when Jillian was born, it was it was cold outside. It was actually snowing. It was so beautiful. We had a room with And for some reason, we ended up with a really nice room. It was a blessing, but it had the whole wall was glass. It was the whole wall was a window and it was just snowing so beautifully. And I turned some nice music on while we were waiting, while my wife was in labor. (laughs) But It was nice for me as I sit there and watch the snowfall. And then (laughs) while she suffered through the pain of childbearing, but it was such a special moment when all my kids were born. But I remember that day when Jillian was born, how that first day, that first moment, that first cry and how incredible it felt to be a daddy each time. How amazing it was to be a father and know that God had given me children. But you know why God gave you children? He wants for you to make those children disciples of the Lord. And when we're fighting and when we're arguing, when the devil slips in and we we don't have those windows like we should, and maybe we don't have that skylight and we don't look up like we should and we don't have that light from heaven coming in on our marriage, we can't make our kids disciples. And guess what? We're not going to make anybody else disciples either if we're busy fighting and arguing. And the devil knows this and that's why he's done all out just to attack the home. That's why he's going all out to attack marriage that's why you feel these temptations are so powerful to allure you away from marriage. That's why there's so much out there to draw your attention away from your spouse. Because the devil knows that the gospel is going to be hurt if he can damage marriage, if he can keep you distracted, if he can keep you fighting, if he can keep you trying to deal with all these temptations. Well, you won't be able to do anything for the cause of Christ. But marriage is not an end. It's a means to an end. God is using your marriage to do something great. God wants to make you into his image. 
you lose your grip on God's will when your marriage is not right. Your purpose is driven by your wants and needs sometimes instead of his will. And that's the way it is sometimes when we get upset with our spouse and we just say, my spouse is not being right to me. My spouse is not talking to me respectfully. My spouse is not meeting my needs. Is all about us, isn't it? But that's not what marriage is. Marriage is about serving each other and serving the Lord. And when our love is right, when our love is what it should be, then our marriage reflects God's love to us. And when that happens, we can serve the Lord and we can make disciples for, for the Lord. We can win people to Jesus when our marriage is right. We lose our grip on God's will when our marriage isn't right. Dis distractions keep us from doing God's will. If we're caught in the snares of Satan, we can't serve God. Your marriage is really all about the gospel. Sometimes we think it's all about us, right? It's all about making me happy. If I was just happy in my marriage, right? If everything, if I was just happy, if I was just happy, if I just had somebody else, if I just had somebody else that would do this for me or someone else or something else, or, but that's not what marriage is. Marriage is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's like this big secret. Paul said, I speak concerning Christ in the church. It was, he said, this is a mystery, but I'm telling you, this is what I'm really talking about. And marriage is really not about you or me, or marriage is not about making you happy or meeting your needs, although you can be happily married. Thank the Lord, right? You can be happy with each other and you can have a good marriage, but that's not what it's about. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants your marriage to be like. Open up your marriage to him, just like those skylights. Open up your marriage to his light. Pray about everything in your marriage. Invite the God of heaven into every part of your marriage. How about this? Pray together. Hold hands and pray together. You know what? Enough is enough in marriage. Enough is enough with all these problems. Enough is enough with the devil trying to take things from us. Let's just put our trust in his strength and let God help our love. Let God help our marriage. Pray together. Refocus on your relationship with God. God made us to fellowship with him. And if our relationship with God is right, then our marriages can be right. You know what? As you get closer to God and your spouse gets closer to God, you get closer to each other and you can spread the gospel through your life. If we're willing to draw close to God, if our focus is not on what we're making me happy, we open up our marriage to him. Now is about serving him. Now it's about doing what he wants. Now it's about opening up my marriage and doing what God wants to do in my love. Number three, bay windows. We have security windows, skylights. And how about this? The bay window. I really like bay windows, don't you? They just create a place for us to relax together. Now find time to spend together in your marriage. Maybe just sit down and watch on a couch and watch a movie together. Sit down with some popcorn and watch something that you like to watch a movie together. Maybe you can go out to eat together. Maybe let go of your phone. Instead of having your phone in your hand, how about having your spouse in your hand? How about forget about everything else and just focus on what really matters. Focus on being together and being in love and serving and worshiping the Lord together. Find the time to spend together. Make your time together important. Make it a priority to be together. Plan on being with each other alone. 
There is such a thing as being together, but not being together. There is such a thing as living in the same house, but still being alone. Because you have your life and she has her life. And sometimes it gets so bad that you each have these different lives and you're living under the same roof. I would say that this is probably one of the biggest problems in our day. And it's because of that device that we enjoy so much, these cell phones that we have that just proliferated. I mean, everybody has a cell phone. I remember when I had my own business, I bought a cell phone and it cost a lot of money. And it rang and rang and rang and it was customers wanting. And I constantly had to answer that thing. I was so happy to turn it off. And then all of a sudden, everybody had a cell phone. Everybody had. You know what? They even have government assistance now. They even have governments. If you don't have a cell phone, the government will help you get a cell phone because you really have to have a cell phone. We all have to have cell phones. But this is what's happened. We all have our cell phones and we all have a little life on our phones or on a computer, or on a laptop. And well, maybe we're on social media, maybe you're on Facebook or whatever you do and you're there and you're just living your little life and your little world. And then your spouse is over there living their life and living their little world. But you know what? That's not what God intended marriage to be. God intended for us to be together, make time to spend together. Do not let love turn into something that's not your love life to turn into something where you're just living separate lives under the same roof. Become best friends. Become best friends. It makes for such a cute little wedding phrase, don't it? I'm marrying my best friend. You know how this, almost when you look back, you just see how ignorant you were. <laughs> we say, I'm marrying my best friend. And it makes cute little signs and decorative. My best friend, we're getting married. But you know, when you're, when you're living with somebody every day and you're, and you're going through life, it, sometimes it's hard to maintain that friendship. But that's what marriage is, really. It's about being friends. It's about being best friends with one another. For example, my parents have been married for more than 50 years. But if I would say, who, who, who is my dad's best friend? Well, I would say, that's my mom. And if I said, who is my mom's best friend? It would have to be my dad because they do everything together. They've always been that way. Even when they were not getting along with each other, they were still together. I've never known a time when my parents weren't apart because they were just best friends, and they still are best friends. But that's what marriage is all about, is being best friends. And when we're best friends, our relationship grows and our relationship turns into something special. We're not just people that live together to maybe meet each other's needs or give each other what they want. You know, sometimes men were like that. We want our wife to give us exactly what we want when we want it. I want her to rub my feet and I want to lay back and let her feed me grapes and fan me with feathers, you know, like they do in the movies. And I want her to meet my every need. And sometimes, you know, you want your spouse to be this, uh, this your husband to be this romantic guy that does all the housework for you, plus sweeps you off your feet and takes care of all your needs that you have. But you know what? Becoming best friends, just living together and being friends with each other and loving each other. That's what marriage is all about. And maybe that's the big secret. Maybe that's why my, my parents have been together all these years and they look back and they've just been best friends. Maybe that's the secret to being happy, happily married is just to be best friends with one another. Become best friends. Live in the light together. You can get through anything together with the Lord's help. Even though your world may be falling apart, you can hold each other's hands and we can make it together. 
Sometimes I tell my wife this when things are not going great, we just hold hands and I say, we're going to get through this together. It's going to be all right. We're going to make it through this together because God made us to be together. God created this incredible thing called marriage and two people together can make it together. Come into the light of God's will together and serve him together. In conclusion, the three windows you can add to your marriage. Security windows to protect your love. Skylights to let the love of God into your relationship. And bay windows to spend time together in. God has something amazing planned for your marriage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the wonderful privilege it is to open up the pages of Scripture and be able to live our lives according to the principles of your word. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't see marriage as some kind of end or some kind of way to get what we want and what we need, but marriage as a means to make us more like Christ, marriage as an image, marriage as a way of us to be conformed to the image of Christ and ultimately or marriage, our marriage to be a way to spread the gospel to a lost and a dying world as our kids watch us and as our kids watch the way we live our lives, I pray that we would live a life that reflects the gospel of Jesus Christ and I pray that they would not see their mom and dad arguing and fighting, that the world would not look and see a selfish, two selfish people together, but would see two people in love and serving God together and may people be drawn to the love of Christ when they see the love that we have for one another. We ask these things in your name. Amen.